Scott and Liam versus Evil. And we're back. A few weeks layoff because life just has some fun activities planned for us. How are you getting on? I'm not bad, eh? How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. I, to be honest, this week I think I've spent easy about 64 hours podcasting, and that's just by <laughs> this minute and the episode I done with Duncan a few nights ago. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm loving the mic just now. You're natural for it. I, I well, I'll, I'll, I'll wait and see what uh, Duncan's episode sound like before I say that. <laughs> uh, it's the best of 80s summer series, and it's going to be wild. The two episodes of me and it are going to be quite laughable, <laughs> but we'll see. Welcome to Scott and Liam vs. Evil, episode 72. I'm Liam. And I am Scott. And today it is my pick, which... The last time I did say I was going to pick something awful and something shit and I was going to punish everyone that made me watch that fucking god-awful Lindsay Lohan film. But life just treated me nicer and I decided to be too friendly and actually pick quite a good one. So we're going to talk about Dead Shack from 2017, directed by Peter Rick. Rick Q? Rick? I have no idea how you pronounce that. R-I-C-Q, Scott, give me your wisdom. R-I-C-Q. That's his second name. I, I, Rick. Just Rick? I think so. Fair enough. Unless he's Japanese looking, and if he's Japanese looking, then it's uh, Rick you. <laughs> I have not seen him, so I have no idea what he looks like. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Deadshack is a Shudder UK exclusive. I think it played at Fright Fest, like the big... Yeah, the London. Yeah, the Big Daddy Fright Fest. Uh, not the little one that we go to. And I think it get rave reviews. What did yeah. you think it? I was uh, surprised. When you said, when you said, right, okay, I've picked one that's on Shudder, I thought, oh, fuck, here we go, another Demon Wind. But when I, uh, <laughs> when I looked at it, it was brand new. The, the the poster like cover for the picking it on Shudder was like neon colours. And I thought, mm, this is interesting. And I had a wee read about it. And I was like, wait. I was like, is this, is this the right film that I'm reading here? Liam's, Liam's actually picked a zombie film on purpose. Did any part of you think that maybe this was like a... It was like still a bit of a punishment? That obviously there was something in this that I knew you would hate that I picked? Or did you actually just think, oh fuck, Liam's lost his mind and likes zombies now? I thought you'd lost your mind a bit, aye. Well, it actually turns out that that is the case. <laughs> I hadn't seen this. I picked it just on the basis of the poster. I thought this actually looks quite fun. After that fucking Lindsay Lohan nonsense, I think we both deserve something fun. And then my next pick will be the one where I just ruin everybody's lives. <laughs> uh, so, Joey, just get. But in fact, you have been away, haven't you? Well, yeah, I was in uh, Budapest um, last last week. Was it last week or the week before? And. Uh, Oh man, it was another stag do, and while it was, it's, it's probably tame in terms of how bad stag do's can actually get, but I've I embarrassed myself certainly twice that it's absolutely ridiculous. And I don't know. I think it even it might even uh, rival beer, uh, beer canal, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get to that after after the after the movie discussion. You know, when I came back from uh, London a few days ago, I uh-huh. bought the, some new book on the Holocaust. It's really light. 
fun plane read. <laughs> uh, it's like a new history of the Holocaust, and every time I read out Schwitz Birkenau, I can't stop laughing. And it's <laughs> you it, it, it pretty much ruined it for the rest of my life. That any time anyone mentions Birkenau, I'm going to start laughing. Be like, ah, Birkenau. <laughs> so thanks. No problem. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait to hear those stories. So dead check. Couldn't find somewhere further, could you? Seriously, Roger. Yeah, seriously, Dad. It's the cheapest place that I could find on Craigslist, all right? You think that I can afford a place that is not in the middle of nowhere or potentially dangerous? Colin! What did you see? <laughs> We're talking about penises. <laughs> While staying at a run-down cabin in the woods during the weekend, three children must save their parents from the neighbour who intends to feed them to her undead family. That's a lot of shite because they're not actually their parents, it's their dad and his Chinese girlfriend. It's actually um, the director, Rick Hughes, uh, <laughs> real life wife. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I feel like that is not true. Okay. <laughs> Right, um, my notes my notes are picking up after the opening scene and the establishing high drone shots, after the characters have all been introduced and we are sitting in the diner. Have you got anything before that or are you good to go from there? No, I'm good to go from there. I hadn't heard anything about this film, but then I actually, see, as soon as you mentioned it, I've seen it like two or three places like on Twitter straight afterwards. I don't know if it's just been added to Shudder and that's why, but um, there was a, there was the guy that had went to say it was a Fright Fest movie from London last year and it was one of his highlights and that's like, I think they'd actually seen it before I checked it out on each other, but after you had mentioned it, I thought, all right, okay, I'm interested. And I, I will say one thing that I think I would have absolutely loved this film in a Fright Fest setting. Yeah. I think sitting in a Fright Fest audience, this would have went down an absolute treat. I think it'd be much like the Secret Santa, yeah. where it's just because it's such a fun ride that everyone just gets behind it and... Especially if they do Fright Fest the way we do Fright Fest. I say we, the way you do Fright <laughs> Fest. And it's two bottles of red wine deep and you fall asleep and <laughs> don't know where you are. Then I would definitely enjoy this film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so they're at the start, it's in like a... Well, yeah, a guy kind of escapes our house, the, the shack. You don't really know what's going on. There's a zombie chasing him or a zombie put on him by this kind of oh, yeah, yeah, armour clad yeah. human yeah and the zombie attacks the person and then we get to the drone footage and into the diner and uh, we get set up in the fact that it's it's a, a dad and his new girlfriend taking his daughter and son and his son's friend on a camping trip and uh, a lot of the reviews I've seen say that they love the dad and already at this point I see why he is. He's quite funny and he's the acting's superb and the script's superb. He's like for him for his character anyway, it's it's just all like hilarious. It's it's um it's it's bang on and it's 
I don't know, it's, it's just really quite funny. Like, one of the first things I've got here is that I think they're still in the... Um, I don't know where they say this, but it's during the diner or straight after it. And somebody asked if uh, somebody likes sausage. Oh, yeah. Uh, the son asks the step, like the dad's girlfriend, do you like sausage, Lisa? Like, try to be a wee widow. And the dad goes, of course you like sausages. <laughs> We're talking about penises. <laughs> <laughs> did, did they strike you as a kind of cross between Alan from The Hangover and Vince Vaughn? Yeah, I could see that. Certainly Alan from The Hangover, yeah, I've got that. But less, less like, um, daft. More like as, as if he's like not like got a low IQ. As if he's more Vince Vaughn. Yeah. <laughs> but with the, some of the kind of quips. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there in the diner, it is quite good. So a little bit, of it, I think, feels a wee bit forced. Like they're trying to go for too many laughs. Yeah, I've I've got those that kind of notes like throughout the movie, yeah, because it does carry on all the way through. But some of the laughs that they get are genuinely, they are genuinely funny. Like at the beginning, it's okay to have like laughs like coming ten a penny. Like when the uh, the waitress comes first comes over and the the son's like, "I'll have some coffee," and the dad's like, "No, no, no, we're not having coffee." Jesus, just kids, just four beers, please. And it's like it's quite funny. It's quite deadpan, and it's it is quite good. But uh, right, after the after the cab, we, we kind of we're just getting like in, introduced to the, the the characters. So basically, the dad is like this funny. He's quite, I say young, he's probably about in his 30s, so that's young to me. He's, um, and he's got similar ages. He's got these kind of two teenage kids. I think the sons are supposed to be 14, so that was, you would assume the daughter's maybe about 16. And he's uh, he's got this new girlfriend. Now, I think you, you learn halfway through that he's, he's had a few girlfriends and the kids didn't really like a few of them. And they don't really like the one he's with now however they it's not fully conveyed because the relationship they do have because there's a lot of humor in it it's actually comes across like quite a comfortable and good relationship with like slagging each other off rather than not liking her do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but i mean i get that that still works if that's the case that's fine uh so we get to see how yeah the dad's the kind of he's like a goofball he's he's always making jokes the son's kind of trying to be the same as the dad because he's got a lot of comedy elements as well the uh, stepmom's just like, I don't know, she'd rather be anywhere else. I think she'd probably like to be shopping somewhere or spending money or whatever. I don't know. That's the kind of idea they try and put on it. No, in fact, she's always steaming, isn't she? She'd rather be, she'd rather be drunk. They always have her talking about drinking, wanting to drink, but I don't actually remember throughout the whole film her being drunk or like I, really conveying being a pisshead. Yeah, she was, she was just, uh, she was hungover, wasn't she? But then I suppose it's not really. You, you assume that that's like she's an alcoholic, but then she's probably just party because the dad likes to party and I'm now 32 and still like to party. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, it is kind of fine to do that at that age. Unlike, unlike you, though, I think the dad's meant to be like a top shagger. Aye. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, that's how he's been through so many girlfriends and that's how even though his kids kind of aren't interested in uh, the current girlfriend, Lisa, that... He's actually still like, well, fuck these because she looks good and I'm going to, I'm going to tap that. Yeah. What I noticed is at the beginning of the movie, we, we hear how both families are messed up like six times. Uh, now, obviously there's an explanation for that as you get further in, but I don't really know if it's massive character development or if it even if it even is a, a payoff at all. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like, okay, I can't get it. It's almost like role reversal for what it would normally be. But it's it's still very plausible and, and like a thing that a kid would do that it's not really like a you know, it's not like a, a shock or a twist or anything. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But anyway, I just I just say that because that is my note when I'm watching this. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> um, how that the um, I, like I've I've learned seventy two episodes. I've learned that I'm I'm so majorly artistic when it comes to my my notes. I, even if I've if I'm looking at it thinking that doesn't make sense anymore, I still feel as if I need to read it out. <laughs> yeah, like a robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so they leave the diner and continue on their trip and that's when they get to, I think they call it a murder cabin um, uh-huh. it's supposed to look like the, like an evil dead um, kind of cabin and that's something that I read as well that they said that um, this movie's got a lot of nods of the head and homages and references to like different horror films as well uh, it just like small references yeah. not like not like fully on the nose like you, you look for them and you can make your mind up like a cabin in the woods is Evil Dead you just say that the cabin's also got like a basement in it that they use at one point so it's like the Evil Dead cabin um, but when they call it a murder cabin I'd be like I'd love to, to go a fully secluded cabin in the woods like, that, like a full on Evil Dead weekend I tried to find one for ages and I, I found one once called the Woodsman's Cabin or the Woodcutter's Lodge or something somewhere up north but I could never find it again. There was there's another one called the Woodcutter's Cabin, and it it's on like cottagesforyou.com, and it's like just like a regular wee cottage that's in the in the middle of a town. So it's crap in comparison to what I did find before. But um, I can never cottages find it again. for you sounds like a website where you go and to arrange meeting up in public bathrooms and getting your dick sucked through a hole in the wall to go cottaging. To go cottaging. <laughs> like if I were, if I was looking for a holiday cottage, I would not be going cottages for you because it just sounds too seedy. I think a, a good holiday cottage, the website will be called something like oakwoodlodges.com or <laughs> oak homes, not just cottage, is it a f- as in a number four, cottages four? Yeah, it is actually, yeah. Yeah, that's a million percent a website that you're dicks in a glory hole. <laughs> uh, but also the fact that you found one and it disappeared makes me think that that was also through cottage and also about to get groomed. Well, I never got to go yet, so I wasn't getting groomed, but it makes me think that it was actually a murder cabin and it's been discontinued from being allowed to be sold to the public. Or the guy just needed one person to visit, and then that's it, wipe them out, and then just lay low for a year, and then put your cabin back up in cottages for you. I'll be keeping my eye out for it. Do you think we could get a sponsorship for cottages for you? Because that would be quite good at the start of the episode. If, if, you, <laughs> if you go onto the website, it's like one of these, like, really crap search engines it's really like not user friendly and it's like made in 1995 or something so I think everybody that runs it's like 8 years old <laughs> I'm going to email them and be like listen we talk about it in our uh, podcast can we use your jingle and just <laughs> then have them come on listen and be like yeah our website is a bit dick sucking you guys are right you can, of course you can use a jingle there'll, there'll be one admin for cottages for you listening and say see I told you we need secluded murder cabins <laughs> there's a market for it <laughs> but I see your, your search for a cabin for us is proved fruitless then yes uh, but the search continues we could also ju- we both own homes we could probably just like tell them to go away and just have a secluded night in the house but equal amount of dick sucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, the next like note I've got is a quote Dungeons and Dildos and I've just wrote pa <laughs> I think we're going to need to get you to start doing your notes in like flashcard form <laughs> I think <laughs> so, so you just sit them all around you and just look and be like uh, fuck a fuck a cabin or like, there's a cabin and then it means you'll actually then start thinking back to the film <laughs> Rather than just reading the, the scrawlings that you put when you're watching it in an iPad in your bed. 
It's because this this one as well. This is has been one that I've wrote the notes on uh, notes on my phone, which so they're this even less. I can I, the only thing the difference is when it's on my phone, that I, I write less, but I can read it better. <laughs> so it's, you know, it swings around a bit. <laughs> um, would you wander into an old house that was fully trailer trash, like almost Texas Chainsaw Massacre style hillbilly? No, and no. that's going to get me to my theory later on. So remember this. Remember that question a wee bit later. Okay, I think that they've wandered into the house though. That's where my notes here. Well, so I can. I can is this this is the it. this is the first time I think this is when the kids go wandering. Right. So the kids go wandering and they find this basically much like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's like a cabin with loads of old abandoned vehicles outside. And they yep. find like bones and then a big barrel full of kind of burnt items like watches and wallets mm-hmm. and shit. So as you would do as a, a teenager, you go snooping rather than get the fuck out of there. What would you do? What would I do? Yeah. At would, that point. I would get the fuck snooping. out of there. I'm a big yeah. shitbag. <laughs> I would be out of there, man. Out there and then maybe Google it in cottages for you, see if the cabin get, <laughs> yeah. the cabin get rated. Yeah. If, it, if it's got a good TripAdvisor score. <laughs> five out of five, dick sucked. Amazing. Uh, yeah, it's fucking weird. I I get it that all movies need to do it because obviously it's how it continues the story. But come on, let's let's move on from that. We're not going to go snooping. When there's bones in the garden, we're all getting the fuck out of there. Yeah. They followed the two guys from the bar who were drunk. This, the woman who's we find out is the woman from the heavily uh, armored person, the fetish gear and all that, and the, the mask. She went to the bar and got these two guys drunk and probably like seduced them essentially. Would you be seduced into a secluded trailer trash house like that in the middle of nowhere? Usually no, but by her, yes. <laughs> what else is she in? I don't know. I didn't look her up. Dumb and Dumber. That's who. That's Mary. Mary again. Again, is it? Right. Yeah. She wears the mask quite a lot. I, don't, I never even noticed that. Yeah, Mary Mary Samsonite. What else was she in recently? Uh, she was in. She was the the mum of the murdered girl in uh, Black Goat's Daughter or February. Oh yeah, that's who she is. And she is still looking mighty fine. I would go to Aspen for her. Hey, we've not said anything bad about her at all in two in two episodes worth of talking about Mary Samsonite. We should definitely see if she's up for coming on. That's two horror movies she's been in recently. Yeah. We should probably have thought about that before this episode before we started recording this. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners, maybe in future you'll have a Mary Samsonite interview where yeah. we will only refer to her as Mary Samsonite. <laughs> but how how good does she look now? Yeah. It's banging. Like she must she must be what, late forties, fifties? Maybe late forties. No, I think well no, I think she might be in her fifties. Aye. Aye. Yeah. She's looking mighty, mighty swing for yeah. being in her fifties. So, Mary, if you're listening, we should probably like learn your real name. But <laughs> come on, come on, you can come to some cottages with us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they, they go to her house and they, as they're looking through the window, they see one of the drunk preppy guys getting kind of attacked uh-huh. or fed to what looks like a zombie yeah and that's when it's only the brother and sister that see it the the boy that's joined them doesn't look through the window so he, they all run away and he's like what did you see what did you see why are we running away 
but they get to like the end of the garden. They're still they get to the barrel where they found all the watches and stuff before they're still standing there, and then the the young brother for some reason decides to smash one of the house windows because he figures that she should know that somebody's seen them so that she knows that she's in trouble, which is <laughs> full on daft and pointless. <laughs> but they're still fanning about outside in the garden after he smashed the window, deciding trying to figure out why he's smashed the window. You like I don't, they've obviously never played Chappie before, but the minute you make noise at the house, you get the fuck. You don't hang about. Wait. Yeah, you, you get out of there. Yeah. Do you describe Chappie to our non-Scottish listeners? Oh yeah, non-Scottish listeners. Um, I don't really know what you call it in England, but I believe in America it's called Ding Dong Ditch. And that's basically, Chap Door Runaway is what it's supposed to be called, but we like to make short and everything and make it slang. And uh, so Chappie. In England it's probably called Chap Door Shout It's Coming Home over and over <laughs> and over. Even when you answer the door, they just keep singing It's Coming Home until eventually you just fucking headbutt one of them. <laughs> I'm not going to talk anymore about uh, the World Cup or football, but that has been annoying me. <laughs> yeah. It is coming home. It's just coming home without a trophy. <laughs> I was saying, we've got lots of English listeners and to be honest, if they won, literally couldn't have cared less. I'm just glad that nobody's going to be singing that song because it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> I want to put my position about the World Cup out as well. I... There's a lot of people like on my Facebook and stuff saying, "Why are they hate for England? Why do you want them to lose and all this?" I'm thinking, I don't really, I didn't really want them to lose. I think it's great they got to the semi final. It's a fantastic achievement for any team to get there. When Scotland didn't make it in because they 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 never and they won't. I then have 32 teams to pick to choose from to to support in the World Cup. I don't feel a loyalty to choose England. Not that I, that I don't have any. I don't hate England at all, but it's a different country for me. So if I pick. England or if I pick France it's exactly the same idea if I pick Croatia or Belgium or wherever Mexico Argentina it's the exact same idea it's just the fact that we actually share a border with England that you feel as if you get some and, and we get all our media from England that's why we get to hear all the news readers and all the TV shows saying about how they're going to win which is fine because it's their country we just but, share the media like I, I seen a meme that kind of summed it up perfectly when people are saying why aren't people in Scotland are that like supporting England do you think when Scotland are playing people in England are walking about with Scotland tops on no of course not because there's a genuine history between Scotland England and Wales that we really why should we support each other we're all pals we don't need to support each other's teams like I'm not I'm not ever going to support England I'm not going to support Ireland or Wales either and no. I'm not going to support Scotland because we are shit I, I really hope that at one, one time in my life I get to see uh, Scotland play in the group stages at the World Cup. You're already past that. I don't think that'll happen. I think I'd seen it once. Did they not get to the group stages once before and get put out straight away? Uh, the, wait, the only reason I remember this is because I remember everyone talking about it in school. They, pl- uh, they like played... Fucking Br- 98. Uh, it was France 98, was it not? Or something like that. And they, uh, get, they played Brazil in the opening game. Tom Boyd scored their own goal. Oh, yeah, that's right. Tom Boyd, aye. And I now really feel like I'm in Trainspotting when they're talking about that Archie Gemmell goal. Yeah. And I only, I only know that from Trainspotting. I have fucking no other football knowledge. <laughs> That's me gubbed out. So if anyone from England is like, oh, why, do, why don't Scotland support England during World Cup? We don't support any team. <laughs> we don't like football. <laughs> so, back to dead check. <laughs> Where were we? Um, I, I, I'm, I was finding a very dark film. Uh, but that's like visually like I was struggling to make it what was going on and I had my brightness turned way up way up high I couldn't see in 
Really? Yeah. Were you watching it on Shudder? Yeah. It's quite strange. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was alright. I was maybe maybe there was some glare coming from the window. I was watching it during the day, so I don't know. <laughs> Were you watching it on your phone outside? <laughs> no, I was watching. I was watching it uh, in front of the, in the kitchen. I know that sometimes you find the weirdest places to, <laughs> to watch the films for this fucking show. <laughs> Uh, so where are we where are we at where are we at right, so yeah so they smashed the window and then she came back out she was dressed up in fetish gear again uh, the mask and all that and she came out chasing them and they then they bugger they decided to bugger off she, they got back to the house where the dad and the step the the girlfriend were playing what were they calling it strip what uh, four play four play go fish go fish yeah that was it and uh, I was like I feel like I can totally relate to the dad now rather than teenagers in these movies and I was like he probably will be closer to my age than they are. Like they kids are supposed to be fourteen, which is way too young to even think like how they even act. Like that is that's a young, like main character, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, so they tell him, they tell the dad that the neighbours like fucked up and killed a bunch of folk and that, and he is steaming at his tits. And he's like, right, okay, I'll come and I'll come and sort it. So he grabs an axe and he goes out and he starts to walk. And he's like, and he grabs his uh, his beers. I'm going to get some fresh air. And I was like, I can totally actually relate to like partying like that, <laughs> like. But, but I think the dad's funny. But I did think, as much as he's awesome, if and when I'm not going to get drunk in front of any kids, I may or may not have in the future. Like I think, like that kind of drunk that he was was hilarious. If it was in front of your pals, even if you're a couple of your pals are sober and try to tell you, you know, there's something seriously going on next door, and they get annoyed at you because you're drunk or your tits. But I don't think you should get that drunk in front of your kids. I probably won't get that drunk in front of kids because I probably start getting sexy. <laughs> But he's, when he's when he's going out, it's quite funny because um, he's he's like peeing up against a tree. Oh, I peed in my beer cans. Um, but he has to pee like three times during this scene because he's just he's, he's so drunk. <laughs> so it is. It's a very short movie. It only runs in it about eighty minutes long. Is this because you fell asleep during the whole no, no, part again? <laughs> no, no, no. It's. Uh, I actually watched it in like four parts, so it's very disjointed for myself watching it. But it is a short film. Uh, by this point already, they're already broken into the bondage room's house. The drunk dad would be frustrating as fuck in this section in real life, and he's making so much noise. I realise I read that as if I wasn't saying the one sentence. Honestly, flashcard notes, Scott. <laughs> That's what we need. Also, you keep saying bondage and fetish. She's wearing a welding mask. What kind of fucking bondage shit do you get up to where you're welding? Hot. Hot, 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 I suppose nothing says danger quite like a gas bottle on a welding torch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe that's why you thought the movie was so dark. It was actually the glare for the welding torch in the corner. Of the room. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so they break into the bondage woman's house or the welding woman's house, and like like I said, the drunk dad would be so frustrating in this situation because, like in real life, he is just banging about everywhere. He's just dragging the axe about. He's stoning into other rooms. He's not checking. He's not sensing the danger at all like you do when you're drunk and you think that you're being super smart and super stealthy and super awesome you're actually just being a big bouncing about buffoon and uh, I'm like you would be so if you're, and especially if you're kids as well even at 14 you're still young enough that you don't fully see 
adults as humans yet, as just as regular adults, you still see them as uh, omnipotent and, and all, all knowing. And even at that age in that situation, even with him being drunk, like stupid drunk, because he's not an alcoholic dad, they're not used to him being useless like that. Because he's drunk, they are still standing, looking to him to still come good, to you know, to still save the day and sort this situation. But he is just fucking making an arse yet. At fourteen, I definitely still seen adults as humans. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Like, when you realise that adults are just people, and then you realise that everybody's just an asshole and a joke. You look at MPs like kicking about, giving up big, you know, big jargon words on the news, and you just think every single person does not have a clue what they're doing in life. Not one person. They're just all bullshitting their way through. Pretty bleak, but it's pretty <laughs> fucking true. But yeah, at this, this point, the dad then. When the kids go back out of the room, the dad's passed out because he's seen the, the <laughs> glass of wine. wine that was drugged by, as you call the bondage her, woman. The bondage woman. I'm going to keep calling her Mary Samsonite. <laughs> so he does, as any good partier does, uh, he just took a, he drinks the wine in it, but it just fucking refuses him and knocks him out straight clean cold the way that I get spiked uh, either either alongside Liam or by Liam when we went to <laughs> uh, watch uh, Narwhals in uh, Audio <laughs> in December. I don't remember anything after the gig until I then got home to Hamilton. So if we were spite, it didn't last too long for me. But if I spite you, then I've obviously done it also to myself at the point where I would have got you, which defeats the point of actually spiking. We left, I don't know when we left the gig, but I don't remember Narwhals and I I had a a receipt in my pocket for half past ten from Burger King in Central Station that I don't remember eating. I was woken up by the police after (laughs) the station had shut when the the last train had left and was told to leave. I somehow managed to get in a taxi. I think I was helped and I got home. And this is like at the back of 12. I'm still not sure what the hell's going on. And Lauren was on a night out and she came in at about half past three and found me and I was still like fully zonked out, like at 100% gone in a different world. So I was, I don't know what happened to me that night. But who would refuse? Because... Like, Neil is one of the sexiest people in that gig. <laughs> and also, as us, you wouldn't even need to rephrase. You could, they could probably have just bought us a drink and asked. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the dad gets, the dad roofies himself, essentially. And also, roofies don't work that quick. You've got a wee bit of waiting time. Yeah, and you've got all this kind of drowsy and the staggering and all that. But maybe if you're already fully drunk as it is. Nah, I still. Nah. I'm st- by experience, nah, it still <laughs> it takes a wee while to kick in. Uh, it cuts back to a scene back at the house where this, where this the girlfriend and the son is, and I've got yeah. a, I've got a reason to jump back to that. So um, he's winding the woman up, and she's I don't know what she's saying. I think she's still looking for booze or anything. But anyway, a, a zombie's followed them back, but he goes into the toilet. And he goes to pee with the door open, and that toilet's exactly like one in Budapest. And if you um, have you got your phone on you? Yeah. And do you know what the um, what that uh, toilet looks like? Do you remember that toilet in, uh, in the film? Like where he's standing uh, at? Yeah, yeah. There's like a kind of wee um, ledge to the left of him next to the toilet and then it looks out to uh, outside. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Right. No, I think we're going to need to cut this whole bit because I think I must have deleted the picture. This is this is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, hold on, just give me, give me two seconds. Let's save it. And if, if you remember, like right next to the toilet, it was a ledge, and then it was the door, and he was looking out the door. Uh-huh. I don't know if this is going to be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> right, you get it? Okay. You get it? Uh, uh, you see it? It does, it does look similar. That, 
that door, that that toilet in Budapest, that door is like straight into the club. There, there actually, that door's not even just left open. There was no door. <laughs> and I took a picture of this. I took a picture of this toilet because I take pictures of toilets and send them to Bobby, our friend Bobby, who was a long time ago. We called him Black Metal Bobby. And don't ask me why I do it. I don't know why I do it. I've done it for ages. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I do it. But I was I was quite drunk and uh, I took this picture and in, I was Snapchatting Rudy as well, like who listens to the podcast as a friend from California, uh, messing back and forth. And he's in the group as well, so I don't know if he listens to this episode. But anyway, I sent this to him as well, and I was so drunk because I meant to send it to Bobby, and I just sent it because the last person I Snapchatted was Rudy, and I just sent it to him, and I thought, oh, that is mega weird. So I had to message him to say, uh, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to send you a picture of your note. <laughs> That's my I need Bob. to send it to my local. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I need to explain why why I send pictures of toilets to my other just, just don't ask me. I don't. I don't actually know why. <laughs> <laughs> but that toilet does look like the toilet in the in the film. <laughs> we should put that. We should put that picture up so everybody knows what we're actually talking about right now. <laughs> what is that hieroglyphic thing on the tile? Oh, that's like some kind of follow the white rabbit. I think you know, like in Matrix or in like a hostel, like when. If you see that sign, that means that you were killed. Luckily, this was like half three in the afternoon, and the place that it was on the pub upstairs that was open, the club wasn't actually open, so it was empty. So, so you were just a a thirty odd year old man in a toilet during the day taking photos. That's all. I creep at night. That's always what I am. Yeah, I don't true. take pictures of toilets with people in them. Come on, get, I've got some class. <laughs> so yeah, that toilet looks like a toilet that you've once seen. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, back to the movie. Um, so, is I was at this point, I was like, is there only one zombie and she's keeping it like a pet? Mm-hmm. Um, so this made me think it's, it's like not like an epidemic or an apocalypse-style story, so this makes this movie slightly different from your regular uh, zombie movies. Finally, a, a slightly different take on the polluted, horrible zombie subgenre. But did you not see my post or in the, in the group the other day there that... If a zombie apocalypse is happening all over the world, just imagine that it happens at all the same time that the dead just get back up like and bite and resurrect other people. If that all happens at once all over the world, there's going to be an absolute plethora of survivalist stories to be told. All different stories all happening around the same outbreak. But yet I've never seen a scene in a zombie movie where the zombie goes in and there's just this bespectacled guy in a urinal just taking pictures to send his pal and the zombie attacks him. That would be your survivor story. Well, yeah, well, maybe, I've never seen that. Maybe that's uh, that still to be made. You never know. <laughs> I hope you make that. <laughs> this, is the, this is the part of my notes where I, I've got uh, the dad's, like, um, he's still, he's, he's, he's woke up. No, he's, is he must... What's he done? He must be a... They're kind of getting him to come to so they can try get out of the house. Right, and this is when the the, the boy who's not his son is like saying we need to go because the, the cannibals come and the sexy cannibal, he's like, oh, we should start a band called Sexy Cannibals. <laughs> it's like, yeah. That's how, fucking, good. Yeah, how good a band name <laughs> is the Sexy Cannibals? Yeah. I think we should do it. But then he's like, because then this is the, another thing that I'm saying about how like kids still look at adults as like, is known everything. So the guy's fucking, again, he's still drunk at his tits. He's drugged at his tits as well now. And he's just talking absolute shite. But he's like, we should start a band. I'll be on guitar. You can be on drums. And uh, my son can be on bass. And then the, the uh, Jason, that's the, the boy who's not his son, says, I just bought a drum machine. And it's like, 
drunk chat or someone younger talking to a drunk person and wanting like he's hearing what the drunk person's saying and thinking this is a great idea we could actually do this whereas the dad will wake up tomorrow and be like oh my god the fear what the hell was i talking about last night do you know what I mean? I feel like I feel like you've just done that to me when I said I think we should start that band. <laughs> you blatantly ignored that that offer. We we tried we tried to move on and start Brock Hudson and that nothing happened. We can't even get together to 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 make sure we get one episode of a podcast out every week. <laughs> I feel that that the fault of that lies at one man's door. The man is in the toilet taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all to do with me. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll wave that flag. <laughs> uh, so. They've actually, while this is going on, they've kind of kicked fuck out of Mary and they've kicked fuck out of our, our son. Well, you don't know. There's two zombie children and they, they leather them. And no, you're, you're, you're running way ahead. No, that's that that's this bit. Because it's when the dad's leaving that he then gets shot. This is like near the end of the film. No, because when he gets drugged, they put him under the stairs and then... Oh shit! Yeah, they go they, home and sorry. get the the brother because when they go home, the um, when he's in that bathroom that I was taking pictures of, he starts peeing and it's a big like extended pee joke as well. Like he keeps pissing on the floor and pissing on his trousers and stuff. And I okay, it's kind of funny, but it's like it's it's long winded. But basically, it's because the zombies broke into their house and is eating the eating the dad's girlfriend, and uh, she can't be saved and they have to kill her. There's actually quite good uh, head trauma with her. Uh. When they go back and they, they stab her a couple of times and they're like shocked because she's still moving. Obviously, you don't when you when you're first getting greeted with a, the zombie, especially if a zombie is somebody you knew when they were alive, and you then stab them, you, it, it's not going to be easy. You know, you can't you can't just say that you could just oh it'd be easy. Oh, I just stab them in the head. You'd be like, well, no, because that used to be someone you knew, and you don't know exactly what's going on yet, and you know if this person can be saved or not. If this is actually you know, like a like a movie style zombie, or if this is just like a mega illness or whatever the hell's going on. But uh-huh. so you don't really know if you stab them. But anyway, the, the the brother comes in and he's got a gun through somewhere and he just shoots her right in the head and it's just poof, her head explodes. It's actually quite good. It's quite well done. Aye, because the body falls and then the, the neck's just like kind of spurting this black goo blood yeah. on the floor. But yeah, it's actually it's really well done for a movie that was like a Kickstarter campaign. So it's obviously not got the biggest budget in the world, yeah. but it, it's effective, it's well done, and at no point are you looking at it like, alright, cool, and I, I know how they did that. Yeah. There was there's a there's a scene right when that when they're trying to carry the dad to put him under the stairs and uh, he says something about um how heavy he is and the, the daughter says he's forty and all he does is watch cartoons and eats and I was like, Life goals. <laughs> that is genuinely all my life is. <laughs> They, um, this is when they find a guy in the cupboard and this is, yeah, he starts walking towards them and they manage to, they'd open the basement and he falls down the basement uh-huh. and, they, and they lock him in. So that's kind of like the evil dead. They've got the, the, the zombie slash deadite down in the basement. But the girl says to Jason, the daughter says to Jason, to me those look like, I think she gets cut off or she doesn't finish it. So I'm like, they know what zombies are in this movie, which is a stance some things take. You know, like, the, the Walking Dead took the stance that zombie movies never existed, so the people in that universe had to learn how to deal with them when they first seen them. Whereas this is one, that actually what The Walking Dead does? Do they act as if they've never seen a zombie? A zombie film, yeah. They, they act that, that starts as if the zombie films never existed. That's why they call them walkers. They don't use zombie because... <sighs> they don't... I've got a newfound hatred for that Why? I thought you would be feeling more respect for it. Why? I don't know. What world is zombies not a thing? 
Walking Dead universe? Obviously, if you've not been listening. Well, it's, a, it's a universe that I, am, I don't want any part of. Do you know where that universe can go? In the fucking bin with that Lindsay Lohan film. <laughs> I bet you, you she'll fucking star in a film that p- pretends that there's no such thing as zombies. That is, that is wild. There's so many zombie movies. How can you just pretend that they just don't exist? Because then, so that you, you need to learn how to deal with them. Fucking right. is, it, is it finished yet? Is it still on? Uh, there's the season coming out now, and I really hope they finish it there and don't keep it going because it is getting. They need to wrap it up. Aye. Just um, them yeah. Uh, the this is this is the part where we get the um, once they get back to the house and once they kill the dad's girlfriend, they they're all kind of sitting a wee bit shocked, which is absolutely fine. And they um, this is when the friend gives his touching speech about how he pretends to be poor and how he's that's that's why at the start where they say both sides of both boys keep saying their families are so messed up like back each other like as a competition and it turns out the friend is actually from a rich family he sneaks out of his house and walks up to the poorer neighborhood to be picked up by his friend because he, he feels like he needs to pretend to be poor to fit in Rather than mm-hmm. think it would be the opposite way that the poor kid would pretend that they're maybe better off, but it's the same idea, just kind of vice versa. But um, it's not really like a it it all it's all it almost falls short as being like a, a point. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like pointless because it doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything. But yeah, I, it's it's just trying to be like a, a poignant thing that they kind of like it doesn't really matter about class divides anymore. But yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. it's just kind of. It might. It, it, it's a weak point. It might also be can't touch on the fact that it's like a fourteen-year-old kid, maybe facing his mortality, thinking he's going to die, so he just wants to get it out in the open, which I guess is quite deep as well. But it doesn't play. It plays as if it's a bit weak to me uh, as, yeah. as on a movie. But uh, and then the gear up, and the gear up montage reminds me of Turbo Kid because of their outfits, but also the synth track. It's kind of Stranger Things as well. Yeah. I thought Turbo Kid and Deathgasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the way it, it does just cut to them using like just objects they find around the house. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Although, watching that, like, I'm, my house, I don't have any helmets or spikes or bats. So, in a zombie apocalypse type thing, if I had to tool up with stuff around my house... I would be dead in seconds because I have nothing worth. Yeah, I would just have like, a. I would just put on a big jacket and take a kitchen knife. I don't really have anything like that either. <laughs> so a kitchen knife is all I had in my head. Like, yeah. Actually, the only weapon in my house uh-huh. is a kitchen knife and one pair of metal nunchucks that I bought. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Like I was in school and somebody was going to the barris and they said, "Oh, you can get like really cool, like illegal weapons." And I was like, "Oh, cool. What, what can you get?" No, oh, you get these metal nunchucks. Like they, they uh, what do we call it, twist together into like a little metal baton, and I was like, "Oh my god, they're amazing! Get me them!" Why? I have no fucking <laughs> idea, and I still have them. And well, I can't use nunchucks anyway. But even as a baton, it's not that heavy. It would be the worst, worst thing to hit somebody with. But you think you would take your nunchucks out if it was a, a apocalypse situation? You would take your nunchucks out because you would be like, you would stand out. And people would be like, oh, that's that crazy company with the, with the nunchucks again. I'm going to steer clear of him. That street's his. I'm not going up there. You know? Aye, that's only if I could actually use them. If they had, if they stood and watched me for more than five seconds and <laughs> seen me try to handle a pair of nunchucks, I think they would just come and take them off me. <laughs> but yeah, if I had to tell up in the house, I, like, I literally have nothing that could defend me. 
just to throw the cat at them. He would just fucking sit down. <laughs> <laughs> so they go back, this is when they've tooled up and they go back to the house because they're going back to the house to get the dad who they've left under the stairs. Yeah. Now, when they go into the house, they, the first thing they do is they just start putting the couches up against the windows. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand why they do that. Why don't they just go and get the dad and get the fuck out of there? Is there something chasing them outside, though? No. Is, is she chasing them? Does she know? Did she, come to, did she come to the house where they killed the girlfriend? She must have, because one of her pet zombies was there. Uh, and then chased them back. Or the pet zombie was chasing them back. Yeah. Right, so that's what they're doing. They try to block the windows from the pet zombie. And uh, there's, there's a wee scene here where the daughter looks out and she's like, He's coming! And then the two boys are standing next to the door saying, Who's coming? And then she just doesn't answer them. Who's coming? And she doesn't answer them again. And then she goes, Oh, shit! And then they look and then the, the brother says something along the same lines again. Then they see the silhouette come at the door and they're like, oh, fuck. Like that, it just, what, it didn't make any sense. Why, one, why did she ignore them? Two, why were they surprised that the zombie had made it to the house? They were, they were boarding up the living room windows. Why did they not board up the, the you know, the kitchen door? Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's a really enjoyable film, but some of that stuff does kind of fall a wee bit flat. Yeah. Where, like, there's not really been a whole lot of thought put in a, the kind of, the progress of that bit of the story. Yeah. It's as if it's just been kind of shoehorned in, like, right, okay, fuck it, now the zombie's at the door. Yeah. Which is fine in a movie like this, because it's meant to just be 90 minutes of just pure fun. You don't really need to overthink it too much. Yeah. Now, this is where the cupboard opens, I believe, the the locked door that they, they almost went in the first time round, but they never went in. And uh, this is when the two kid zombies come walking out. And they, it is quite creepy the way they walk because it, it pans up slowly from their feet, and it is like a be looking at a wee girl dressed and stuff, and then uh, the brothers like doing his funny kind of weird accent, the Canadian accent, going oh kids, creepy kids and that, and um, this is when then the dad bursts open the stair, cover under the stairs, and he crawls out, sounding like a zombie with his eyes rolled up, but it's just because he's still drunk and drugged, and he's like he looks at them in their out their turbo kid outfit, he's like oh you guys look cool. And he looks to the other side and goes, what's with the crack babies? <laughs> <laughs> tell, me, tell me the dialogue is actually really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> Looking back at it. But I've, I've now got some questions, right? So the son starts to talk to the dad to try and get him to like stand up and you know be aware and you know take, take stock and help leave or deal with the situation. And we stay focused on the friend and the daughter as the two kids, zombies, are walking towards them, and they've got, like, a spike bat and an axe. Now, as they get close, they, they, they aim their weapons at the head, and then the both of them, it cuts away, and you just hear them dealing with it, but they deal with it with ease. Now, they aim at the head. I think they, you might even get a scene where you see them hitting the axe straight in the head. Either way, they manage to kill the two zombies. The next scene we get is... I think the dad's now on board that he realises this, you know, it's, it is actually a serious situation and he's scared. And then we turn to one of the boarded up windows and a zombie's got through it and he's crawling down on the left hand side. Right so far, it's just his head that's poking through. And then the guy who's the friend, the the, 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 the pal, who sounds like um, that Canadian boy from This Is The End, Seth Rogen's pal. Oh, G. G. Bushel or Die. whatever it is. He, he sounds like him. That, he's got the same accent. He's for the same bit of Canada as him. So he's just saying he hates an axe. But the the only bit that you need to hit on a zombie, right? The only part of a, of a full-bodied 
man zombie that you need to hit to have any effect is poking through this barricade. That's the only bit you need to hit. Mm-hmm. And he waits for it to crawl all the way in and stand up and then he hits it in the shoulder. And then she comes in the other side and hits it in the other shoulder with a spike bat. Whereas they just took out two zombies. Okay, they were kid zombies, but it's still zombies. And they took them out with ease, aimed at the head and got it bang on. Like that's that's another part that's like it's to stretch the story out. To yeah. to 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 make them take so long fighting this zombie so that the fetish woman can come in and then fight the dad and then well and she so she she comes in and she stabs the dad and then the dad's on the floor with the the Jufro son and he's like oh, I've been stabbed and then she's Mary Samsonite starts throwing knives and he's like fuck off with the knife thrown yeah. I like that I like that really yeah uh, so then they're getting the dad and they're walking out of the the dead shack. And spoiler alert, he gets shot from behind, right through the stomach. And it's Mary Samsonite kind of hobbling towards him, talking about how they've killed our family. This is where it comes to my theory, which is the same as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre theory. These three kids and the dad fucking deserve everything they get. Because that woman is just looking after her zombie kids. And like feeding them and her zombie husband because they're the only people that loved her and she's just looking after them. She didn't ask any of them to come out of the house. They were fucking snooping about, seeing what was happening and then decided to actually invade her house. See if they'd stayed the fuck away. None of this would have happened. She would have continued on killing the drunk fucking uh, like college students and feeding her family. It's a home invasion thing. They all deserve it because they broke into her house. She didn't ask them to come in. She didn't lure them there. Fuck the kids. Fuck the dad. Yeah. That's true. I, that's it. Would, I, <laughs> I thought you would have given me more there, but all right. Uh, no, I think, I think exact- you've said it. You've hit the nail on the head. Then. And I think that's definitely more clear cut than the than the Texas Jinsaw Massacre one because they, they fully did. The, yeah, she didn't ask them to come in. She seen them in the bar, but she didn't really bother. There was a wee bit of like, you know, back and forth, but she was more interested in the, the two boys that she was she was taking back. If anything, she was actually really nice to the wee geeky boy. Yeah. When, when the two guys that she then kills were slagging him. That's right, that's she, right. She helped him, and then to pay her back, they broke into her house, killed her zombie son, her zombie daughter, and her zombie husband. Yeah. That's why I don't know if this movie got it 100% right because the kids in that are so likeable until the end when you actually realise what's going on you're like oh fuck the kids are douches like they've literally this woman as she says for 10 years she's fed them and looked after them without any thanks just because they loved her and now the kids have killed them all and then the wee boy with the Jufro comes out and kills her with a sledgehammer and I'm like why, why are you killing her? She was just looking after her family. Yeah. You wee prick. <laughs> it is pretty brutal head trauma with the sledgehammer though. Oh, so it's a fucking brilliant scene. Yeah. But it makes me feel sad because the woman was literally looking after her family. Yeah. Alright, there were zombies, but they weren't hurting anybody apart from the asshole college students that probably deserved it anyway. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. This, this movie took a, a, a sombre twist. It just... It, it upset me. This is the same as Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Leatherface didn't do anything. He was just protecting his house because fucking Snoopy kids were walking about. Just don't go where you're not meant to go. See if it's somebody else's house. Stay out there. Don't go in it. I think that's I think that's a life lesson we can all live by. It should be. 
So what did you? Uh, and then basically that's the end. That's the end. Once the, the dad dies, and then they find a car. They've got loads of keys because there's loads of abandoned cars because of the people she's been killing over the years. Um, they find keys for a car that works. Um, the boy that sounds like Seth Rogen's pal runs uh, Mary Samsonite down, and Jufro comes out and says, "I got this," and hits her with a sledgehammer. They drive home, and uh, Seth Rogen's pal's parents phone him. Who in his touch and speech earlier, he said they don't care about him, they don't even know where he is. They phoned, the mum was phoned, worried about him, he's like, right, I'm, I'm on my way home. So he gets off scot-free, the other two kids have lost their dad, Mary Samsonite is dead and so is all her family. It's not really a happy ending for MD, apart from <laughs> the guy that said his parents hate him. <laughs> yeah, because the they've, the they've, they've got the money to buy the lawyers to get him off. Aye. His so, pals are fucked. <laughs> it's actually quite a bleak, uh, a bleak ending. Uh, I, I did I did enjoy this film I thought the, the characters were actually really likeable and in quite a realistic family apart from the whole snooping around the house and getting what they deserve uh, the dialogue was good it was quick it was fun, it was a movie you can kind of throw on at any point and it's not going to take too much concentration because yeah. it's so quick that the same as you, I think at Fright Fest or any other film festival, watching it with an audience that were drinking or like right in the mood for it, would have made it even funnier with some of those lines. And Mary Samsonite is a total babe, no matter what age she is, she is a babe. And for that, I give this a seven out of ten. I think it's a it's a fun fun little movie and uh, again yeah if, if if we've seen it at Fright Fest Fright Fest films always get held with a you know like a, a higher standard you look back on them a lot more fondly than you would say watching a film in, in the house whether you'd found it by accident or were recommended it at Fright Fest it, you just look back on them better and you just think they're better than they actually are um, but anyway it's a it's a good movie it's good to look at and it's well acted there's nothing majorly new here although as a zombie film. It takes the standard movie narrative and adds zombies in them rather than it being a zombie film. Like I said, there's only five or six zombies. It's not an apocalypse. The whole world doesn't know that it's happening. It's contained to this one kind of family, which is different. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it, though, and it's a solid seven pissing sounds out of ten. <laughs> Do you think it would have been a good movie as well if it actually just the whole thing was just following Mary's story of her looking after family and having to feed a zombie family because that, that's quite an interesting concept it's probably been done and someday will post like oh what, what the fuck are you talking about it's been done in x movie y movie and z movie but i think that would be quite an interesting retake like just li- living with zombies is that not what that movie we are the flesh is about i've not watched we are the flesh because it was compared to that when we watched it at Fright Fest with all the fucking, and I just, I couldn't put myself... Oh, no, no, that. I'm thinking the wrong film. Uh, we are, oh, no, We Are the Flashes. We Are the Flashes bonkers. No, I'm thinking of uh, <laughs> We Are What We Are. Uh, we Are What We Are. I have seen it. I own it, but I don't really remember the actual story of it. Zombies? Were they vampires? Oh, fuck, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But that is, that's an interesting side that... Yeah. If it has been done, point it out to me and I'll watch it, unless I do actually own it, in which case I've obviously not thought it was that good and I don't <laughs> like good enough to remember. Do you want to know what I want to see at some point? 
like you say, just for talking sake, right, this film's been made, right? But they're also writing a film that is actually from Mary's point of view, and it's and it's like the alternate film. So basically, you you can watch the two of them, and they they will happen simultaneously. They might even have been filmed simultaneously, so that it's like everybody's like still on the same page, and it's exactly from the opposite angle. You know, Wait, you said you said they are making this. No, that, you... that's what I would love oh, to have. Right. It's kind of like kind of like the way that Tucker and Dale is definitely from like a like a hillbilly massacre movie from Tucker and Dale's point of view like you could yeah. you could easily see where because it's such a good parody the the the, the college kid side is as actually how you know like one of these cabin in the woods movies would actually go mm-hmm. but I would actually like to see two actual you know twins movies one side and one other you know like actually the same events but from different angles played out in two mm-hmm. different movies and they're two standalone movies but if you watch both of them like back to back, or if you know both of them fit together, you can see how they actually work. I think that'd be quite interesting. Yeah, you would totally side with Mary Sampson out <laughs> because she's literally not doing anything wrong. She's just looking after her family. So yeah, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with. Are you ready to tell your Budapest? <laughs> Why am I saying Budapest like that? Budapest. It's actually two words. That's what I learned. Two Budapest places. Budapest is two uh, words. It's Buda and Pest. That can't be true. No, I swear to God, that's two different kind of counties, Buddha and Pest, and they came together like like a bunch of years ago after like a war or something. But there's Buddha County uh, circles the city that you're in, and then Pest is like the, the hills that are around about it. Ah. Yeah. Well, come back after the break to hear more fascinating geography facts from Scott. Mm. Hi, all you teenage comet zombies. This is Kelly Maroney, and you're listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil. We were there, right, so we were there in, in a stag do, right? And on the Saturday we went to a thing called, uh, it's like the Schnechny Baths or something they're called. It's like a, it's like an ancient ba- like baths that sit outside. It's like a hot springs, it's naturally warm. They've got different kind of saunas and all the rest of it that they do over there in Hungary. And, uh, but on a Saturday night, they open up the main bath and have a big massive nightclub in it. Which, which honestly, see, before I went, I was like, that sounds like the fucking worst thing in the world. That sounds like my entire worst nightmare, and I was so fucking stressing out about it. But the thing is, it starts at half past ten, and this is on a Saturday, so we had been all day drinking. The football was on, the World Cup was on, there was three matches on that day. We had just been out the whole day, so by the time we got there at half past ten, we were already three sheets to the wind, you know? And Mm -hmm. um, so we just start partying, and it's brilliant, and it's... And one thing I was, I was reading reviews and I read the negative reviews and basically the one guy said I was there all night and I went to the toilet three or four times and I was the only person in the toilet so that just <laughs> that just lets you know exactly what it is um, <laughs> he wasn't the only person there was one other guy in there <laughs> taking pictures like <laughs> uh, so basically you're just like dancing about a big pool of pish but if you, you know if you're drunk that's fine you don't care but Every time the beat drops with the tune, it's just folk just splashing. So you're standing there like a plastic pint glass that's full of full of a pint, and then the beat drops, and then you've got you know it's half and half, and it's uh, but it's it's a great great laugh. But anyway, see, towards the end of it, I've like so so drunk. I like I don't even know. I couldn't even see in front of me. And we were going back in towards the um, the cubicles. We we bought a bunch of cubicles, but they were split up, and you only so I couldn't. I remember the numbers. Apparently, I was I went with my friends to the first cubicle where all my stuff was, and then I slipped, fully slipped on my backside, like decked it, and then I got up and then just walked away. I don't know why. Honestly, I do not do not know why. But it was so many people, like just walking in these wee tiny corridors, like just traipsing back and forth. I started to think that I was like 
back in the at the beer canal because it was uh, people in like swimming costumes so they were like like looks if they were wearing hardly any clays and the organ doing these be done. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Don't refer to back in it as the beer canal. <laughs> no, I was putting my I was putting the accent on, I was saying it how they say it. <laughs> but anyway, obviously that's obviously it was uh, that would have been a hell of a lot worse. But I, I didn't, and it was just like it's, these corridors just look the exact same. So I can't. I think I may maybe walk to the other uh, cabin that we had, the, the other cubicle, and that was empty. They'd left, and I went back to the first one, and it was empty. They'd left, and I kept. I really every single time, four or five steps, I would slip and fall in my ass. I was covered in bruises, and all these people I couldn't see. I'm I fish. <laughs> I didn't have I didn't have shoes. I didn't have a t-shirt on. I didn't have my glasses, my wallet, nothing. And Everton was away, and it must have took me. I could not find a way out, and I was getting stressed and stressed and stressed, and I couldn't get out. I just kept slipping my ass, and eventually uh, I got to. And because when you leave, you give your wristband back, and uh, you need to hand that in. Uh, and then once it's handed in, you can't get back in. So like uh, like our friend Lee and stuff was trying to key the key all my stuff, and he was trying to come back in and get me. They wouldn't let him back in. So I think eventually I turned up outside and I just had to wait in the taxi in my, my wet shorts. So I was just like, I don't know, I just woke up the next morning covered in bruises, covered in cuts, but I had a fucking brilliant time. Yeah, I can't believe they all left you. Well, I think they thought I was with them. I don't know why I walked away. I must have just followed the crowd and I just went the wrong direction. Scott, you're about fucking seven and a half feet tall. How did they think you were with Well, because I was always lining the flare because it kept slitting my ass. <laughs> <laughs> So they thought you were just dragging you along with pissy They couldn't see me. Uh, you did send us a picture <laughs> of that, and it looked like the filthiest, grottiest soup kitchen I've ever seen. I've, oh, if you, if you went sober, you'd, I, I'm not going anywhere near that. That's fucking disgusting. But if you go drunk, you're like, I don't care. Jenker was guys just like chugging out of the water. I don't know if they would go that far, but I, I think there's like folk trying to get it on at the sides of the pool and stuff. But I honestly never seen it. I was actually that drunk. I was just sitting, there's a big old light show above your head as well, it's like, it's actually pretty cool. And I was just like sitting, sitting in the nice warm water, it was like a bath, drinking my pint, going back up to the bar, going back in, drinking my, my pint. You can't say nice warm water when it's a <laughs> it's warm. It's literally pointed out is it's fully pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, before that, uh, like I said, we were um, watching the football day, we found this uh, big open air screen that was outside, it was next to the river and it was this bar outside and really cool it, was, it wasn't too busy but it was busy enough and uh, we were watching the the games there and we were talking a lot about not picking other like when your own country doesn't get there you don't you pick whatever country in it. and uh, I picked Spain to, to win the World Cup so I was standing there watching the Spain game it was actually it was unfortunately the game they get put out in but um, standing there in my Spain football top standing watching uh, Spain playing and I was I was standing away from the guys because they'd all sat at a table which is in the shade and I was like no fuck that I want to get a tan so I had my sleeves rolled up, standing in the sun. So I was a bit, a good, you know, a couple of feet away from them. I think friend Craig was standing next to me that came with us, and he was standing next to me. So anyway, I'm just standing, and this girl comes round from my left hand side at the front. Hola, I was like, hola, hello, bro, toro, 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 no, and rico suave, and I was like, uh, no, I'm for Glasgow, <laughs> <laughs> That that was it. That was your time to finally, finally use all the Spanish that you've learned by listening to that little Spanish bee. <laughs> And you fucked it. I, I really fucked it, man. Honestly, I was just like looking. She was like, and she just—it was so fast. I was just like, nah, I'm fake Let's get in. Craig just burst out laughing and walked away from me. She's like, why are you wearing a Spain top? I was like, oh, I love Spain. So high five and shit out of again. <laughs> it's like fucking fucked it, man. <laughs> Oh, so that no, was... To be honest, after that, no wonder they fucking left you in the pit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went to. Amsterdam to see Nine Inch Nails. 
which was brilliant. Yeah. And then I went to London to see The Cure, which was also brilliant, although they did not play Love Cats. Would, should they have played uh, Love Cats? Is that a hit? Of course they should have fucking played Love Cats. I, that Any like, band should play Love I, is Cats. Is that like your favourite song, but is that like a hit that they would normally play? I mean... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Why, why would they not play I don't know, it? I don't know it. What? I don't know that song. Every, I don't know what happened to my voice. <laughs> Every time when we used to be in the band, Love Cats was the song that I used to play when we'd warm up before I turned the bass off <laughs> to then do the rest of the gig when it turned off. Aye, but that's just, that's just like part of the bass track. I don't know what that is. Oh, man. But anyway, it was great. I wasn't getting drunk a whole weekend. It was me and Lena and it was like a full day festival type thing. And Lena got drunk quite quickly, and because of the heat and stuff, I was just taking ages to get drunk. And we bumped into two South American guys who were then like dishing out weed and free drink, which was amazing. And then just before the cure came on, I was like, fuck it, I'm buying a bottle of red wine. Uh, it was like 25 quid though. <laughs> Bought a bottle of red wine, stuck it in my back pocket, and we walked into the crowd. So, like, the cure had played for like two songs. I just took out this bottle of wine, and the, the older couple behind me, the English couple, they're like, oh, how did you sneak that in? I was like, I never bought it at the bar. Do you want some? The guy's like, oh, I'm driving. Cut to the end of the cure. The guy has drank most of my fucking wine <laughs> <laughs> and is absolutely fucking legless. <laughs> along with the woman, along with me, along with Lena. It was amazing. I have no idea how they got home. He might be dead. <laughs> uh, don't drink and drive. But it was fucking brilliant. I wish they had played... Love cats, but they didn't. But it was still brilliant. Not quite the same as your pishy water story, mm. but still fun. Yeah. So that's why we've not been here in a few weeks. We've actually been away having fun. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll be back next week. Yeah. Yeah. Is this my pick again? Uh, it's your pick, and yeah, because the group don't get a pick no, anymore. We've, they fucked we've it. Made that. They ruined it. You ruined it. You ruined it. Go home. You ruined it. <laughs> we've made that abundantly clear that the group now have no say in anything that we do. Uh, fucking Lindsay Lohan. Did you tweet the last episode too? No. Well, you should, you should fucking actually properly direct message it to her just so she definitely gets it <laughs> and sees what fucking pollution she's brought into the world with that pissant movie. So yeah, we'll, we'll be back and hopefully get back to a weekly basis unless we go away and do more fun things in which case, just bide your time man we'll, we'll be back the following week and it'll be amazing. You can find us online at www.scottandliamversusevil.com You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash scottandliamversusevil You can find us on Twitter at scottandliamversus and you can find us on Instagram at scottandliamversusevil if you wish to old school email us, you can email us at scottandliamversusevil at hotmail.com. You can also find Scott on cottagesforyou.com <laughs> under the username Scotty2Naughty. That's a fucking brilliant username. You should definitely go and register to some website, is that? Scotty2Naughty. Scotty2Naughty. Because <laughs> then, like, if you are in some sort of fetish welding website, people will be like, oh, this guy's, this guy's dangerous. It's like a challenge. It's a challenge before they've actually spoke to you because you're telling them that you're too naughty and they're like, oh, I feel like I could take that on. I'm, I'm willing to try and see how naughty you are. And you've got hundreds of fucking DMs sliding. I don't really want any DMs DM. sliding <laughs> in me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, why the fuck were you in a Budapest soup kitchen? It's, it's all the experiences, you know. When you travel as much as me, you have to experience stuff. The hunters of MDs that were slightly at you. Minging dicks. <laughs> <laughs> so, on that note, we'll see you. <laughs> I'm not letting you retort. On that note, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Oh, yeah.